0: All right. Welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Ryan Balliot here again with Ben Mendel, and today joined by Corey Jason. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Really excited to be on with you guys. Yeah, well, Ben and I are excited to have you as well. Uh, so the NFL regular season has wrapped up. The Chiefs and the Eagles both secured the one seat in their respective conferences. the Jacksonville Jaguars and their opportunistic defense ended up beating the Tennessee Titans Ben and I both kind of saw that coming but maybe not in that fashion Ben
1: yeah I definitely thought uh, we were going to see a, a different game
0: a Trevor Lawrence uh, masterclass. not a master
1: class but remember I said the only way the Titans had a shot was if Trevor Lawrence just laid an egg
0: those words echoed in my head as I was watching that game
1: it It really felt like, oh, boy, he's going to do it. And, I mean, who knows? Does he bounce back this week? And do we get a great game in Jacksonville? Who knows? I'm excited to see that.
0: Yeah, we'll give our thoughts on that a little bit later in the show. But to dive in, so we said that the NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. We're going to take a look first at some of the non-playoff teams that we're excited about, you know, even if they don't have the most – News breaking off seasons uh, this upcoming off season. But some of the teams we're going to talk about here that might be able to sneak in, you know, teams like the Giants, the Jaguars, even the Chargers have always been a weird team. None of them were in the playoffs last year. They bounced back there in this year. So some of these teams were right in the brink, right in the thick of things until the end. So Detroit, Pittsburgh, and the New York Jets all have a very good foundation. Uh, That was their 2022 season to build off of. Corey, do any one of those three teams stick out more than another?
2: I mean, the easy option there is the Lions. Dan Campbell is a maniac. He will bite off your kneecaps to get to to the playoffs. Their offensive line is great. Goff is more than serviceable, and he's been there before. He went to a Super Bowl with the Rams. They got everything in place now to make a run with a great draft and free agency.
0: Yeah, Detroit finally was just eliminated on the last Sunday of the regular season via Seattle beating the Rams. That knocked Detroit out. And Detroit said, if we're going down Green Bay, you're coming down with us. And that's the kind of bite the kneecaps attitude that was on full display that night in Lambeau. Ben, how about one of these other guys, Pittsburgh or the Jets? Do you think the Jets can, in 2023, accomplish what the Giants did this year?
1: Yeah, I actually think both of these teams can be playoff teams next year. I'll take a look at the Jets. Really, they're a quarterback away. I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, run by one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. Not to mention the fact you throw in those weapons that they have on offense, the return of Brees Hall, hopefully healthy next year, Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, I mean, they have just a plethora of talent, some strong tackles for the offensive line. I mean, if they go out there and they get a quarterback. This could be a very, very dangerous team next year. And who knows, we might see both New York teams in the postseason next year if the Giants can do it again next year as well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Garrett Wilson, certainly a front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And on the flip side, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, a front runner for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And Brees Hall looked like a great pick. Jermaine Johnson made plays all season, so the Jets had a home run draft. And like you said, quarterback away. Derek Carr could maybe be in that conversation, but we won't get too ahead of ourselves just yet. That'll be for off-season discussion. So just to go through Pittsburgh real quick, I mean, Kenny Pickett and this offense in general certainly found some strides down the final stretch of the season. They, too, in it right until the final Sunday. That seventh seed in the AFC, it was the New England Patriots spot to lose. They did lose in Buffalo, and via Miami beating the Jets, they took that spot. But Pittsburgh did their part, beating the Browns to at least, you know, they controlled what they could control, and they did it well. So just Kenny Pickett, the game should slow down for him going into year two. I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh want a new offensive coordinator. We'll see if that happens. But, I mean, when you have guys like T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, two of the best to do it at their respective positions, you're certainly always in contention.
1: Certainly. And if their offense and – rookies like George Pickens and Kenny Pickett were clicking the full season the way they were the last few weeks. This is certainly a playoff team. I think they're better than Baltimore. I think with a healthy Lamar Jackson right now, they are probably better than Baltimore. I really like this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I really like what Mike Tomlin's done with them. I do think that they're a playoff team next year. I think Tomlin finds a way to get back in, but the New York Jets as well. Robert Sala knows he's going to have to get in next year if he wants to keep his job. I think he's going to be coaching a little bit more desperately than Mike Tomlin will be.
2: You guys mind if I throw out a fourth team that uh, is kind of on the down low? Didn't have such a great year this year? Go for it. Cleveland Browns, man.
1: I was thinking the same thing, Corey. You read my mind.
2: Watson, you know, a full another year learning the playbook. He got out all, you know, he shook it all off, shook off all the rust the, the I mean, browns might be a, a scary wild card play their defense is not terrible and watson was a top five qb at one point if he can get back to form with some of those weapons i mean chubb cooper and all those guys the, the browns could be a decent dark horse pick next year
1: yeah i think that's a, a very strong pick as well and i think it's been overlooked the time Deshaun Watson missed. And a lot of people don't realize Deshaun Watson was just not, he wasn't allowed at the team facility. So all of that time that you would spend in the spring with like training or with uh, like spring ball and the OTAs, then going into training camp and then the first, however many weeks of the season that he missed, I believe he was able to return week 12. Or, or week eight or something, he got to return to the facility. I'm not too sure what the number was, but I mean, that's a lot of time with your teammates that you did not get to put in with them. It's it shows because it, it frustrates the other guys out there as well. And, I mean, it frustrates you. And now he's going to get a full offseason in the Browns offseason program. There's going to be a drastic difference in the Browns offense next year. And I don't expect a second half fall off from Nick Chubb because he's going to have better quarterback play overall throughout the season.
0: Yep. And we well, Great points there. So Cleveland just being able to maybe take that next step, get things figured out pittsburgh same idea taking those next steps cincinnati looks poised to go on another playoff run here this year and baltimore we'll see if lamar jackson's back and what they do one thing is for certain the afc north race in 2023 will be as tight as ever let's turn our attention now to non-playoff teams whose futures aren't too bright right now there's five teams currently with a head coaching vacancy this list was almost made six but The news that Sean McVay will return with the Rams that could be big, depending on your opinion there for the Rams. But right now, Denver, Indianapolis, Houston, Arizona, and Carolina are the five teams that currently do not have a head coach. Corey, we'll start with you. Do is any one of those more intriguing for a prospective candidate than another?
2: I mean, I think the most intriguing one. It's a toss-up really between Denver and Arizona. But I'll lean Denver on the most intriguing option. You have Super Bowl winning quarterback, Russell Wilson. You have great running back. You have a great running back. You have two really good receivers in Sutton and Judy. A coach could be looking at that and thinking, you know, yeah, I I got this. I can turn this around. I'll let Russ cook and I'll show him how to use the kitchen while I'm at it. He just Russ needed a coach to guide him. He was given he was given too long of a leash, and uh, he needs a coach that can kind of ground him like uh, Pete Carroll did, and I think uh, that's a situation that a
0: coach can get into, and I uh, think they can do some damage in the AFC West. Great point, sir. I mean, it really comes down to what do you think of Russell Wilson? Do you think he can be saved? Because this year, I will say this, he looked awful. This year up until Denver dismissed Nathaniel Hackett. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson doesn't look too bad anymore. So certainly could have been the scheme they were running. Denver did receive permission to speak with Sean Payton. I believe Arizona did as well. Ben, where do you see Sean Payton coaching in 2023, if anywhere in the NFL?
1: Well, a lot of reports are saying right now, Denver. (laughs) Denver is, is the front runner, apparently, to land Sean Payton. But I do want to backtrack a little bit here because I think it's a little bit overlooked in terms of, you know, head coaching vacancies and how desirable these jobs are. The two teams that, you know, look like the most appealing. The reason is because they have a quarterback, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Denver, Arizona. But what division do those two teams play in and what teams are they looking up at? I would not want to walk anywhere near the AFC West. It's just a gauntlet, and I mean Patrick Mahomes has proven that that's his division. He's just going to keep on winning it. Now, the job that intrigues, or the two jobs that intrigue me the most, are in one of the league's worst divisions: the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. I think you look at those two teams. The Colts obviously look like the more complete team. They apparently are not going to be in on Derek Carr, which leads me to believe they are going to draft a quarterback. Because if you're not going to take a look at Derek Carr, you're not even going to take a flyer on him. Then that means you either are trade you have a trade in place already that you want to offer, or you have a guy in the draft that you like and you want to take. I know that's music to Ryan's ears to finally get out of that quarterback carousel. I'm grinning ear to ear right now. <laughs> um, but the Texans, that's an intriguing job as well. There's talent on the roster, and I think those guys are getting hungry. Those players that are there are very, very, very tired of being at the bottom. They're they're on the brink of something. Eventually, like, things do turn around. They always say it's darkest before the dawn. I think the end of this terrible run for the Texans is coming. And I think, you know... Whether they go get a guy like Derek Carr or go in the draft, I do think Derek Carr goes to someone like the Jets because they are not going to have the draft capital to try and take another quarterback plus after drafting one. I don't think they want one. They just failed on two quarterbacks that they drafted high in a row. So I don't think they're touching a quarterback in the draft anytime soon. So uh, the Texans and Colts, depending on how their quarterback situation goes, I, you would have to sell me on a head coaching job in the NFL right now, not me sell you on a on hiring me as a head coach because there are just not a lot of desirable
0: openings. Yeah, there's certainly, to me, concerns with the Houston position because you look, they've had now two head coaches only given one year apiece these last two years. I mean, it was David Cully in 2021, mm-hmm. and he certainly, I think, exceeded expectations with the roster he had I and think then, both
1: of these guys did.
0: Yeah, and Lovey Smith. I mean, he had hit this group this year. I mean, they almost beat Dallas. They were. They took Kansas City exactly so to games. overtime, and then they knock a few teams off here at the end. And I mean, talk about Chicago legends. Lovey Smith on his <laughs> way out, sticking his, it to Houston.
2: He could have given that organization knowing he was on the way out.
0: Love Lovey Smith. Well, that's he had
1: to go in the night before and beg for his job. Like, the night before, apparently the GM and owner had him go and meet with them to explain why he should be there next year. I would have just turned around and waved my hands at the roster and said, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, that's the big concern. That's why I think Houston would be at the bottom of these five uh, openings right now. Because you have to wonder, will you get a fair shot?
1: Well, and that's where it comes down to, you you would have to sell me on a head coaching job, period. But in terms of the competition, the AFC South is where you would want to go as a head coach. You do not want to end up in a division with Patrick Mahomes. You do not want to end up in a division going up against Kyle Shanahan and that San Francisco defense two times a year. I mean, you're not just, like, having tough games. I mean, you've got guys who are going to be hurt for a few weeks after you play the 49ers. Like, they beat you up. They are just a physical,
0: strong, tough team. Fun fact of 2022, teams that played the San Francisco 49ers, I believe, are 0-15 the next week.
1: Exactly. And, that's, and that is exactly my point. This team is just so hard to play against. Even if you beat them, you're sacrificing yourself for the next week.
0: Let me make a case for the one of these five teams we haven't talked about yet, Carolina, because you talk about Indianapolis and Houston being in a weak division. It's Let's right look there. at the NFC South. You it's know, right there with them. Carolina yeah. was, was in position to win this division in week 17 if they could beat Tampa Bay. And again, we won't get too into rumors, but we on the street is Tom Brady might not be in Tampa next year. And New Orleans and Atlanta are both, I mean, they're on par with Carolina. They're sort of middling franchises right now, trying to figure themselves out. And Carolina has, you could argue, maybe besides Tampa, has the most talent in this division. I mean, they have good players across the board on defense. Mm -hmm. Their running game somehow got better after trading away their elite running back. So I think that's a testament to, and you could argue that this shouldn't even be an opening. Steve Wilkes, who was named the interim coach, this should be his position.
1: I agree. So- I, I mean, the way Steve, I think Steve Wilkes uh, kind of ended up with the short end of the stick during his time in Arizona. And part of that was just because I, I believe he was the one that they let go for Cliff Kingsbury, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he really just got a bad deal there because he, they weren't going to fire him, but they knew they were they just knew with kyler murray they needed an offensive coach
2: yeah but on top of that they had a rookie quarterback in his one year there too with josh rosen so they never gave him or rosen a chance to grow or do anything
1: no but i do give them credit because they didn't end up having a Zach wilson situation like the jets did while Absolutely. the jets said well the jets said hey Um, we're going to go and give Wilson a shot. The Cardinals said, you know what? He's not our guy. We have a chance to get our guy. We're going to take our guy. And, you know, Kyler Murray, whether or not he actually is the guy, um, (laughs) we'll see. But I think Carolina is certainly just as intriguing as those other two positions for the reason of the division and the competition in their division. I think, New Orleans is a team that could get good very quickly. Same for Atlanta, believe it or not. I think Tampa Bay, depending on how they play this out the next year or two, could still be a force with the talent they have as long as they get healthy. So, but yeah, I think right now, Carolina, that you see an opening and you see a chance to win. I think. Between them and the Indianapolis Colts, those are two very intriguing positions as long as the quarterback position is figured out. And for Carolina's sake, I may get crucified for this. I'm okay going into next season only with Sam Darnold as my quarterback, but I need a long-term solution after that.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's too hot of a take. I mean, you look at – they played – you mentioned earlier Indianapolis on the quarterback carousel year-to-year – Carolina was almost on the quarterback carousel week to week. They had Baker Mayfield earlier on this year before they released him. And P.J. Walker, I think, started a game or two for them while Sam Darnold was dealing with an injury. So once Darnold returned to the lineup, certainly down the stretch, that was a big part of them finding success as the 2022 season came to a close. Real quick before we talk about the playoff matchups, the Super Wild Card Weekend, you mentioned – Arizona realizing Josh Rosen was not their guy. They have a chance to get their guy. I'm seeing similar arguments this year for the Bears and Justin Fields. So we won't have to go into too big of a discussion. But do you think there's any chance, either of you, that Chicago moves on from Justin Fields this offseason?
2: All smoke and mirrors. They're going to, tra- they want to trade out of that number one pick. And the best way to do that is to make a team think that they're going to take a quarterback. So they're going to trade up a lot. Kind of like uh, – who did it a few years
1: ago? Wasn't the it the Bears? Bears and saw? Niners. <laughs> the Bears trying yep. to get Trubisky.
2: Yeah, so the Bears are going to – are trying to basically repeat that. Drum up at least a little doubt in other GMs' minds that they're going to take a quarterback, try to force a trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if the Colts want to take a quarterback and they want to make sure they get their guy – I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to leap into that number one spot. Now, I also agree. I think Justin Fields, the difference between Josh Rosen and Justin Fields, Justin Fields has had more time, but I think Justin Fields has shown more. Justin Fields is, he's shown that development this year. There is, I mean, he has nothing around him. He has just been going out there and trying week in and week out. I think you trade out of that spot. I don't think there is any way that the Bears are making a selection at number one. Now I think they drop down uh and try to get that four spot. I think the Colts could be a good trade partner. And maybe they try to get one of those big defensive players, uh, like a uh Jalen Carter. To try to plug up the middle and stuff the run. Now all of a sudden the Bears, you add another piece on defense, and then you go get a piece with your other with other first round picks if you can collect them throughout. Try to get some offensive talent like wide receivers or linemen in there as well.
2: I also I got a question for you guys though with uh, the head coach and carousel. Are there any playoff teams you think could be moving on from their head coach? I was actually thinking that does happen.
0: Yeah. We saw with the Titans, I think a few years ago before they brought in Mike Vrabel. And I was thinking about this earlier today or yesterday. I I could see the chargers. If they drop this game to Jacksonville, that Staley could potentially be out. I mean, there's a lot of discourse right now about his decision to leave his starters in last week. And you see how that worked out. Mike Williams. And we'll talk about this uh, later on in the show. Mike Williams is out for this matchup. So, Staley's kind of had an up and down ride so far with the Charters, but that could certainly be one to watch.
2: Yeah, and I think Todd Bowles is out.
1: I I think the loser of that game is out. <laughs> I think I do not think Mike McCarthy gets a third season if he does not at least get past the first round this year.
0: And there's yeah. certainly deal Especially- with the Sean Payton uh rumors and his connections to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Exactly. And I think that comes down to it as well. I think part of the reason why they let Garrett go when they did was because Jerry already had his next guy lined up and that was Mike McCarthy. I, th- I don't think Mike McCarthy survives Wild Card weekend. If they lose, I think he's out by Tuesday.
2: I think Bowles is out regardless.
1: I do think that they realize Todd Bowles just can't be an NFL coach. He's a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Uh, I thought I did think he deserved another shot after the jets, especially because his first year in New York wasn't bad. I thought he got the raw a raw deal because there wasn't a lot of talent on that roster. But you've I mean, I know he's had to deal with injuries this year, but just the issues in Tampa. I mean, he has not been up to the task to deal with all the rumors around Tom Brady. He has not done anything to calm the rumors around Tom Brady down. They had to bring Bruce Arians back in. I mean, you you think Bruce Arians just started showing up on the sidelines? No, they they begged him to come back. I'm sure Tom asked him as a personal favor. I mean, Todd Bowles just can't run the show. The the camera's on Bruce Arians more than it's on Todd Bowles uh, during Sundays, like during game days. It's, it's kind of embarrassing for Bowles.
0: A it really lot, is. A lot could be at stake there in that final wild card matchup. Let's turn our attention to, so prior to the show, we sort of ranked how excited we are for some of these matchups. Uh, one thing that immediately stuck out to me, when the dust settled and we had the matchups was these are all rematches. Three of them are division games where these teams will be playing each other for the third time this year. The other three matchups, these teams already met earlier in the year. But let's start with one of those divisional games. Miami will be traveling to Buffalo. No Tua. Teddy Bridgewater is expected to be active, but it'll be Skylar Thompson getting the start. Do you guys think, let me say this. Do you think Buffalo will do to Miami this weekend what they did to New England in the opening run of the playoffs last year?
1: I think they do what Georgia just did to TCU.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got to agree with Ben on that one, uh, especially uh, if DeMar Hamlin leads them out of the tunnel. Emotions are going to be high, and uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but there's really no way Buffalo loses this one.
0: Yeah, it'll be tough. We said Miami, with a healthy Tua, could pull out this upset, and I thought, a week ago that quite honestly Pittsburgh probably had the best chance of winning this game as a seventh seed but Miami beats the Jets just barely with Skylar Thompson did not move the ball well at all
1: no uh, just... granted the Jets defense though is strong I know I know I'm I've I was very critical of Skylar Thompson and you know just I really thought Mike McDaniel um just was handcuffed a quarterback he was he was struggling but really the jets defense deserves some credit they have they have some dudes and i know uh cory and i being giants fans we know there's there are only a few defensive tackles who have been better than dexter lawrence this year and one of them is the other new york defensive tackle and that's quinnon williams he's been unbelievable you add that with their secondary which has been strong led by sauce gardner they've got some linebacker talent so it wasn't necessarily the easiest defense to move the ball on not to mention the fact they're going up against a defense that's not as good as the Jets defense this weekend in Buffalo so we might see a different Skylar Thompson I'm not very excited and I don't think that we are going to see a different Skylar Thompson and if it is different it's not very much different but we could see a different one and he might surprise us
0: Buffalo's offense certainly much more dynamic than the Jets offense even with budding superstar garrett wilson
1: oh certainly
0: (laughs) let's move to this will not be the only afc matchup on sunday featuring a third string quarterback getting the start baltimore back-to-back weeks will be playing the bengals in cincinnati lamar jackson rolled out uh tyler huntley also likely out i don't know if that was confirmed yet but anthony brown likely get this start. And this is a similar thing. I don't think any of us are giving Baltimore much of a chance against this hot Bengals team. Yeah, I've
2: cer- already been in it. Uh, Bengals minus six for a few days now.
1: Yeah, I certainly am not giving them a shot. I I happen to think the Bengals are a very, very strong team. I think their offense is very good. I think their defense is actually underrated. I I, I know a few times this year when Corey and I were streaming defenses in our fantasy league. We'd both look at the waiver wire and see who we'd want to take. We'd give each other suggestions. And every time either of us rocked with Cincinnati, they came through for us.
0: Big time. I don't think much more needs to be said there in that matchup. Let's go to at least it on paper appears to be a one-sided matchup, but certainly could lead to an interesting game. Seattle against the San Francisco 49ers 49ers at least for me are one of the most fun teams to watch do you guys think and this will open up uh, wild card weekend this is the first matchup on Saturday do you guys think Geno Smith can continue this magical season and at least show why he should be taken seriously as a starting quarterback next year
2: it's tough I mean Geno's had a very magical season and He's gonna he's gonna end up winning comeback player of the year. It's just I don't know how he how he can move the ball against this San Fran D. He's gonna get harassed constantly. He he he's earned our respect for next year already, but it's it's gonna be ugly on Sunday with with the I think the NFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl.
1: I agree. They are the NFC favorite. I've said it uh, on the show for the last couple of weeks. The one team I don't want to see are the San Francisco 49ers. They're just physical. I think they're the team that gets the Super Bowl. I think they're the team that could potentially win the Super Bowl, no matter who's under center, whether it's Brock Purdy or Jimmy G comes back. I think even if Jimmy G comes back, if Brock Purdy keeps playing well, I don't even put Jimmy G in there. Brock Purdy has to give me a reason to take him out. Now, I think Seattle will have some success moving the ball, but – Not enough. I think they're just Brock Purdy and all of those weapons. It doesn't matter who's under center. All you have to do is just check the ball down when you have the talent and speed and athletic ability that the skill positions have for San Francisco. They just go make plays and it's so hard to stop them. I just don't see any way uh, Seattle, not necessarily moves the ball, but keeps up. They're just not going to be able to, especially if they have to play from behind and they cannot run the ball with Kenneth Walker.
0: Yeah, San Francisco's been a a stout defense all year. Uh, We said it earlier. Teams that played San Francisco are winless the following week. So Seattle, if somehow they pull out this upset, you know it's a long shot for them to go much farther. But a high-profile quarterback head-to-head, this will close out wildcard weekend. Dallas at Tampa Bay. These teams met in week one, and it was quite one-sided. Tampa Bay looked like they were the same Tampa Bay, and basically after that, it was a rocky season for them. Questions in Dallas started to surmount before Cooper Rush steadied the ship, but these teams are very different than when they met at the beginning of the year, and who are you siding with here? You know, playoff Dak Prescott has been Pretty underwhelming in his career. He's made it to the postseason a few times. On the other side, you got playoff Tom Brady, who has really only had a handful of disappointing performances in his illustrious career.
1: It really comes down to does Tom Brady still have it? And I, does he? We'll see. I think I think the Bucs do pull this one out. I think the Bucs are going to win, and I think it's because Dallas just isn't going to be up to it. I think the crowd is going to favor Tampa Bay. I'm going to go with history on this. Tom Brady knows how to beat certain teams. This seems like one of those teams he knows how to get in their head. He knows what they have to do in order to win this game. I think Tampa Bay will be focused, and I think they'd come away with a win here.
2: Yeah, I completely disagree. <laughs> I think history means nothing. This isn't the New England Patriots. This is a bad, bad, banged up, but bad Tampa Bay team against a Dallas roster that really has the edge in almost every facet of the game.
1: Yeah, I I did point out last week, and I do still think it's going to be a big problem, the Buccaneers' offensive line, they lost guys in the offseason, and they've lost guys this season to injury. They are very, very banged up in the offensive line, which is not where you want to be banged up against the Dallas Cowboys. What's the one thing you have to do to beat Tom Brady? Get pressure. Well, Brady's going to have to get the ball out quick. I think he's going to be ready for it. Again, I do. I just don't see a first-round exit for Tom Brady.
2: It's rare, but sometimes uh, it has to happen for it to be rare. And this is just one of those years where Brady's just gotten really nothing – that can give him the edge. Micah Parsons is going to feast. That's going to be an issue. Sam Williams is right there, too, if he doesn't get arrested, since uh, Dallas uh, police have like a warrant out for his arrest or something crazy like that from a car accident oh, a few geez. weeks ago. They, they, they cleared him. They're like, yeah, you're, you're free to go. And then they're like, actually, wait a second.
1: <laughs> That's unbelievable.
2: Of course. But only the Cowboys. Yeah,
1: but uh, Only it's the just- Cowboys.
2: I don't see Dallas making it far, but I think even if Dak plays how he does and how he did against uh, Washington, I still think the Cowboys find a way to beat Tampa Bay. All
0: right, let's turn our attention now to the game. I think with the biggest upset potential, almost so that it doesn't – it's starting to feel like it won't be an upset. New York Giants traveling to Minnesota. They'll take on the Vikings. The Vikings have been great all year in one-score games. The Giants gave them their everything just a few weeks ago. We'll start. Both of you guys can open up. You're both Giants fans. So I think we have an idea of your opinion on this game. But you guys go ahead. How are you feeling going into this matchup? And just in general, seeing the Giants in the playoffs again?
2: I mean, I'm feeling every emotion under the sun. I don't know about about you guys, but excited, nervous, uh, terrified, you know, confident. It really changes by the second. You know, I saw a stat on Twitter about, about uh, Brian Dayball that he's coached in thirty postseason games in the NFL in his career, and he's twenty three and seven. It's also five and all uh, five and zero in the Super Bowl. So uh, when he said that experience is overrated, you know, I kind of, I kind of uh, leaned towards his expertise on that where. uh, you treat it like another game, and uh, you know he's kind of the expert on it. He's been in so many.
1: You know, I I couldn't agree with you more. And you know why I I take Brian Dable for his word there on experience is overrated. Because where where did he coach where it experience was truly overrated?
2: I mean, he's a big New England guy.
1: Alabama. That too. Yeah, he's saving he, Belichick. He was Moderna. Jalen Hurts' offensive coordinator this guy won his one national championships as an offensive coordinator in alabama he took alabama and won a heisman with jalen hurts as jalen hurts looked like a year later it looked like he couldn't even move the football against georgia in the national championship he ran the guy out of alabama i mean georgia ran the guy out of alabama Because Brian Dable wasn't running the offense for him. This guy knows how to coach football. It's very, very proven the way the Giants have turned their franchise around this season. Who do they bring in player-wise that is better, talent-wise, that has made a difference this year?
2: I mean, nobody on the offense defensively. uh, Obviously, uh, Thibodeau has really made a big difference.
1: Well, yeah, but like... Thibodeau's made a big difference, but look at what the defense lost. I mean, going into last year, I, I, I mean, we were pumped to see what Blake Martinez could do. The guy was one of the best players on the defense two years ago.
2: Yeah, and then to find out uh, from uh, Jordan Renan that he, he forced his way off the Giants because he didn't get along with Wink and didn't like his role. Exactly. The Giants were trying to make it work, and they just realized he just wanted out. Yeah, so but that out.
1: like and the thing, but the thing with that, you like you lose they lost a lot of talent coming into this season. They lost Blake Martinez, they lost James Bradbury, they lost Logan Ryan. Those were key players on their defense last year. I could you can argue that they do not have a player on their defense that in those positions that is better than who they lost but they've been better, and that's because of the coaching. That's because the players who are there are players who have bought in, and because the coaching staff was able to get the guys who didn't want to be there out. Kadarius Tony, talented guy, out. Team's better off without him because they've been playing and they've been more cohesive. I mean, Hodges, Isaiah Hodgins, like – Darius Slayton, Richie James. These are the Giants wide receivers coming into this game. Like, to
2: be honest, how many of these guys have you heard of before the season started?
1: Well, that's I mean, Darius Slayton's the only and I've been on Darius you you can attest to this. I've been on Darius Slayton since his rookie year.
2: Oh yeah, you love him. Um,
1: I I big fan of Darius Slayton. Saw what he can do when he was playing in Auburn. Now, like uh, the rest of the guys, oof. Especially, I mean, look, Richie James was was practically run out of New York when uh, he he cost he he did he cost them the game in Seattle. Uh, uh, the two yeah. muff punts he he cost them the game. That's two touchdowns Seattle scored off muff punts from Richie James. A Fourteen point swing right there. So yeah, he cost them the game in Seattle. But you know what? He's also made some huge plays for this team down the stretch.
2: Yeah, I mean, Richie James has been clutch. He's been uh, one of the best. Slot, re- slot receivers in terms of catching the catch rate and all that. And, uh, I mean, Richie James has just been a quiet surprise. I thought he was going to go the way of, like, Corey Washington and, uh, you know, Roger Lewis, Lewis M- Murphy Jr., like those fan-favorite preseason players that never panned out. remember Travis Rudolph was one of them. Mm-hmm. Guys that fans loved in the preseason that just didn't do it in the regular season, and he kind of – turn that trope on its head.
1: Yeah. And Corey, you know, all about the preseason heroes, um, not only being a huge giant fan, but being a season ticket holder. So you get to be at every home game, including those preseason games. So you, you get to see those preseason, those preseason legends just kind of ball out in person.
2: Yeah. And it's, and it's exciting. And then when you realize that, yeah, they actually suck and they're really good (laughs) going up against, you know, third stringers. It really changes your perspective on the on uh, what a wide receiver can do.
1: Now, defensively for the Giants, though, like, Corey, I know I you can't feel good about it because, I mean, just with who the Giants have on defense outside of their defensive line, you just don't feel good about. But they've been able to pull through, and they've been one of the best bend-but-don't-break defenses this season. How do you see that holding up this week, though, against the talented – offense of the minnesota vikings
2: no team in the nfl or almost no team i'm not going to make it an absolute adapts as much as the giants do week to week game to game play to play quarter to quarter and wink martindale is the defensive coordinator but he's the head coach of the defense Dave all stays out of it and i think wink saw what worked in their matchup with minnesota a few weeks ago and he also saw how other teams stop Justin Jefferson plus he's getting two of his favorite toys back toys back in uh McKinney uh Adoree Ojalari is going to be there he's going to have uh, a lot of key players there this will be the healthiest the Giants team has been all season we haven't had the full defense together i don't think for any point in the in the entire season so i think uh wink's going to lead you know one of the top red zone defenses and we're and they're going to have a good shot to to shut down the uh the Vikings offense especially if they can get pressure with their front four against a really banged up Vikings offensive line.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm siding with you guys. I think the Giants find a way to win this game. Uh like I said starting this conversation, Giants very close to winning this game. I believe it was uh, was it a 61-yard game winning field goal. That's what it took for the Vikings yeah. to win. A, and that was recently. That was just a few weeks ago. We talked Christmas about, Eve. yeah, we talked about how Dallas and Tampa Bay, like, oh, these are all rematches this weekend. That game took place week one. Chargers and Jaguars took place week three. This is a very recent game. This reminds me more of last year how the Bengals went in. Uh, well, they were at home. They beat the Chiefs. I think that was week 17 as well. And then they go into Arrowhead, beat the Chiefs in the conference championship game. Very recent games. So, oh. For me, the blueprint the Giants need to be looking at the game where Dallas blew out the Vikings, the game where the Eagles blew out the Vikings, the game where the Packers blew out the Vikings at the end of the year, and the first half of the Colts game. We don't need to talk about the second half of that game. (laughs) But the blueprint is there for how to beat Minnesota. Minnesota's been great in one-score games. They've been great in close games. It's tough to put them away at the end of a game. But if you could put them away and keep them there quick – I mean that's that's the formula here. If you, I mean, Jair Alexander shut down Justin Jefferson. So the key is make Kirk Cousins go to other guys. If they can keep, you know, I don't think they'll win this game. Dalvin Cook has had a down year. I don't think KJ Osborne, whatever's left of Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> can win this game for the Vikings. If you that, see, go ahead, that's right there where I disagree with you, Ryan. TJ Hawkinson
2: should be terrifying to anybody that thinks the Giants are going to win because the Giants mm-hmm. have not been able to cover a tight end since, I don't know, Mike Ditka.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. It, the Giants have always struggled with tight ends, but Corey made a great point in the health of the Giants team. Since their bye week, they have been without pretty much Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney. And Ojolari. And ojalari o- 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 has been in and out, but those two, but those two guys are key guys in the secondary. The Giants have a bit more depth on the defensive line to cover for O'Jalari, and that's thanks to Thibodeau just being an absolute game wrecker the second half of the season.
2: And Jihad Ward has been a very nice pickup.
1: Jihad Ward has been a great pickup, and that's Wink's guy. Wink loves Jihad Ward, he will always have a spot for <laughs> Jihad Ward. Now, the Adoree Jackson, though, him coming back. He's huge. Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson both missed that Christmas Eve game. I believe Ojolari played but was out after the first half.
2: Yeah, he he got hurt during that game. Exactly. And he was out for the rest of the year.
1: And he and he was he had just come back the week before. So like for them to have their best safety and arguably one of their best defensive players coming back is huge. They also get the return of their best coverage guy in a Dory Jackson. That's huge. Throw that in the mix with the fact that Julian Love might be playing some of the best football of his career. Now, Not only he's not necessarily taking a lesser role just because there's still a lot of other holes in this defense, but now you can have a guy like either Xavier McKinney or Julian Love try and help out with a guy yeah. like TJ Hawkinson, and that is going to be crucial for Wink Martindale. Plus, those two safeties also allow Wink Martindale to blitz both of them and leave one in coverage.
2: That, but also, Ben, if you trust Cordell Flott, who seems to have been coming into his own recently, you stick Flott on, uh, you know, on Phelan or KJ Osborne, you can stick Fabian Moreau on Hawkinson and have a corner covering him.
1: And, you know, but I still would like – you know, you have that versatility with those two safeties to also cover Hawkinson as well. I don't necessarily like love size going up against Hawkinson, but I think McKinney's athleticism is enough to still be able to be successful.
2: Absolutely, and just the fact that we can double team Jefferson and still have play a player who's more than capable of keeping the tight end in check.
1: Mm-hmm. And That's the recipe for success. And not to mention the fact Wink Martindale loves to blitz, but his big thing is applying pressure. The Giants' front four has been able to get pressure the last few weeks. And getting Aziz Ojolari back into that mix, along with Dexter Lawrence, who's turned into a pass rusher all of a sudden, and Kayvon Thibodeau, who has, again, been a game wrecker. We saw he, he turned the Giants' season around. I mean, they, they went into that game against Washington, and they had just come off a tie. Washington tied against the Giants had a bye, and then they were at home Sunday night football against the Giants. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau took that game and put it on its head right away for the Giants, and the Giants took control and never let it go.
2: He loves prime time, and prime time loves him.
1: He's going to love the playoffs. Like- I,
0: I'm i really excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. It's like taking your kids to the candy store here with these Giants fans. (laughs) All right, Hey, it's warranted first playoff appearance since the infamous boat picture from 2016. So it'll be a great game either way. You know, for as much as we're talking about the Giants, we're all on their side for them to pull the upset. Vikings can score at the snap of the fingers. We saw it. I mentioned it the second half of that Colts game. Dalvin Cook took a screen pass 60, 70 some yards and really – At that moment, I kind of knew it was over, but don't count the Vikings out, especially if it's even if the Giants are up three scores in the fourth quarter, do not count the Vikings out. Let's turn our attention now. Last game we have to cover here, I think is the one we're most on the fence about. Chargers at Jacksonville. Jacksonville, an equally opportunistic defense as the Giants. They practically won the division because of it. Chargers have always been this... I don't even know what the word is an enigma. You know, they're, they're a team a decade or so ago had the number one offense and defense, but the number 32 special teams missed the playoffs. That's been their identity since then. You know, for the last, as long as I've been watching football, they're this team that's every offseason is hyped up and oh, the Chargers are a Super Bowl contender and then they're not in the playoffs. This year they are, but now they're without. Their great wide receiver, Mike Williams, great compliment to Keenan Allen. That's one less weapon for Justin Herbert, who hasn't had, this has probably been, he hasn't had a bad season, but not as great of a season as his previous two years. This is his third year, first playoff appearance. Trevor Lawrence, meanwhile, looks like he's finally living up to that first overall pick hype. I know we're both on the fence here. So, Ben, how do you see this one shaking out?
1: Look, I I I I'm on the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to win. I think they're going to learn from that loss uh week 3. And I think you know there's there was a lot of questions around their coach. But what happened when those questions started rising around their coach? They started winning games and part of that was the return of Keenan Allen. Now, they I think that's part of the reason for Justin Herbert's struggles this season. He's been without both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for chunks of this season he has very rarely had both of them healthy on the field at the same time now mike williams this this injury he's been dealing with i mean i i i know i almost lost a couple of fantasy games because of him uh he was dealing with it uh pretty much the last few weeks of this season so for mike williams you know it's okay but justin herbert is fine as long as he has keenan allen now austin eckler has not been what he was expected to be this year he's kind of dipped a little bit but he's still a talented running back and i also think where brian dable says experience is overrated you're coming into a game where neither of these teams have experience now the jaguars have a super bowl winning coach but Doug Peterson can't protect the football himself. He needs his quarterback to do that. And does Trevor Lawrence bounce back this week or does he kind of continue the trend that he was on where he he almost laid an egg uh against the Titans uh, costing them the division? Is he going to be able to go out there and and play I think against a stronger team in the Chargers than the Tem- Tennessee Titans? I don't know. He's beaten better teams, but he's also lost to
0: worse teams. Living up to that Chargers identity. Corey, you are on the side of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval.
2: I think the Jaguars control this game. I think it's going to be close, but they'll come away with the win. Doug Peterson is a very good coach as much as I hate him personally. I, uh, I think they go back to the Dallas Cowboy game script. What worked for that, even beyond losing Mike Williams, uh, was it? Guyton isn't as good as a fill-in as a number two. I believe that too. The Chargers' number two would be or now Josh with Palmer, play. maybe. Josh Palmer. They're going to rotate those guys in. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I think other guys are banged up. Not to say the Jaguars guys aren't hurt, but. There was no reason to play uh, the starters for the car, uh, for the Chargers at that point to get Mike Williams hurt. I think Staley's playing for his job, and I don't think he's that good of a head coach anyway. And ultimately in a matchup like this, you 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 got to go which which coach is better, and that's Doug Peterson. I think Lawrence does really well. Maybe Evan Ingram turns it on playoff Ingram. Right? How how disgustingly terrible would that be? if he, if he plays well in his first uh, postseason game and, uh, I mean, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, you, you, you got weapons on the Jaguars offense and I don't know if the chargers are going to be able to stop them. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a close game and it's going to be a surprisingly fun game to watch. I just think the Jaguars, especially being home, you know, all the Florida men out there are going to be, uh, going nuts. And, uh, I think it's going to be in an electric atmosphere, and the Chargers are going to walk away uh,
0: not too happy. Yeah, Jaguars went from selecting first in the draft the previous two years to hosting a playoff game, and Corey's riding with them. Ben's riding with the Chargers. I will let you know who I think is going to win the game when there's about five seconds left in that game because this one's just too much of a coin toss for me. That'll do it for today's show, though. Thanks for joining us once again in the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. We'll see how this shakes out. Everyone, have fun. It's playoff time. We'll see you next week.